But I climb mountains If the mountains will wear you high Know how far I'd scale the valleys If you grace the other side Know how long have I chased rivers From lowly seas to where they rise Against the rush of grace descending from the souls of its supply Cause in the highlands and the heartache You're neither more nor less inclined well, I would search and stop at nothing You're just not that hard to find
Good morning. It's good to be with you. My name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org, and uh, excited to spend this final Sunday of May with you, celebrating God together, whether online right now, 6.30, or in person at Crossbrook Middle School at uh, 9 p.m. So 9 p.m. for the in-person at Crossbrook Middle School, Duxbury, Vermont, 05676, or live uh, online at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As we continue this morning, we just say welcome in. Thank you so much for being a part. As you have needs, as you have prayer requests, please let us know. Let us be the church where we pray with you, we pray for you, and we certainly bear one another's burdens. It's been a week. It's actually been a month with several tragedies, shootings, a lot of dialogue and talk and conversation, and we are so fortunate that as followers of Jesus, we can find rest in him, though our world is in chaos. So, Jesus, we ask for your wisdom. We thank you, God, that you are with us. And Father, we just pray for your peace. Let us make you known, and let us continue to be available and uh, here for each other. Let us say you are in good company, because we are with you here standing for and interceding with one another. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, we do uh, say welcome. We say thank you for being a part. And as we read this morning's call to worship, I was reminded of what Solomon prayed for. But before I give it away, let's read 1 Kings 3, 5 through 14. This is from the New International Version. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you 
and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never uh, have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Amen and amen. What a tremendous reminder of what Solomon asked for and what God provided for him. We do ask that you subscribe to the church YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. You can also find us on uh, Facebook. We do have a church Facebook page and a church Facebook group. The church Facebook page is the same as Twitter at Hope for Vermont, and we are on Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, which is the same as Instagram. The handle is at Living Hope Wesleyan. So at Living Hope Wesleyan, if you'd like to listen to the podcast or find us on Instagram as well. As we continue this morning, we are so uh, excited to have Adam McCutcheon later on. He's going to be preaching this week and next week. We've had a good time together as he's interning with us. He's a senior going into his senior year at Houghton College, and we look forward to uh, him sharing with us later today. Kids packs are available at the in-person. We're seeking to develop the children and family ministry as God has called you to get involved. Won't you just make me aware and let's build this uh, ministry together as following after Jesus. Connection cards, we want to keep you up to date on everything taking place. You can text me your email address. Simply text 802-522-6536, the best email address to connect with you. And we'll keep you up to date on all the events of this summer. Free Coffee Tuesday that continues this Tuesday, 7 to 9 a.m. Hopefully Adam will share at the in-person a little bit about his experience this past week. And we look forward to that as uh, I left him. I left him alone to uh, go work out and get a massage. So uh, he had a great time and it was just so fortunate to see different people coming across our location to wonder and ask, like, why are you giving away free coffee? And so that happens again this Tuesday, as you'd like to come. You certainly are welcome at the chapel campus. And uh, Adam has a good story to share from this last week. And we look forward to hearing that. 9 a.m. at the in-person at Crossbrook Middle School. That's Duxbury, Vermont, 05676. Well, we are so uh, grateful for God's word. We are um, the benefactors of his presence. And though this world is in trouble, uh, though this world has chaos and questions we can go to jesus and know that well the memory verse for this month that he 
is with us. This is from Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Yes, Acts 1.8, the memory verse for this month, May 2022. Jesus speaking. So we will be his witnesses. We will tell people about him everywhere. Let's read once more together. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Where you live, where you work, where you go, and where you hope to vacation. Where you live, where you go, where you hope to vacation. That's the confidence that we have that Jesus is with us, that he gives us everything that we need. This morning, we have a few videos that we're going to sing to, and we're excited about the uh, selection that Adam has picked out. But as for now, we are going to our prayer time, and we just want to encourage you to type in your prayer requests in the comment section, whether you're watching on YouTube, the church Facebook page, or Twitter. You can also email me, pastor at hopeforvermont.org. You can let Stacy know as you would like the church email prayer team to be a part in interceding on your behalf and rejoicing with you that rejoice and mourning with those that mourn. Pray for me as I prepare for two memorial services the end of next month as we meet with families and get all of those details together that we would present Jesus and the good news in the middle of such trials and loss. And so let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you knew about this day before we were even born. We thank you, Father, that you did not want Billy Graham to be alive now. You did not want Moses to be leading. But for whatever reason, you've chosen us, your church, your people, your creation, to stand and be your body, to be your family, to share your love with others. And Father, for the questions that we have, for the wandering that we've been a part of for this country, for those in Ukraine, for those around the world, we ask, believing because you are big enough, because you are everywhere, because you are all-powerful, because you are all-knowing, that you would speak to lives the words that bring salvation, that you would intercede on our behalf to the Father, Father, that we as Christians might be the answer to someone's prayer, that you might allow us to be used to be the hands and feet to show your love in real ways, to give hugs, high fives, smiles, to pass out gift cards or a postcard or something of encouragement. May we submit to you, to obey you, to follow you. Jesus, we thank you that you are good, that you are with us, that you are trustworthy, that you are faithful. We thank you for your grace, your forgiveness, your mercy, and your help. We thank you because you are a wonderful counselor. So here we are, declaring we need you, saying thank you because you've heard our prayer. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, amen, and thank you again for being a part. We do thank you for your continued giving and tithes and offerings. It's much more than just so we can buy stuff that we like or get things that make our church building attractive. We want to be God's hands and feet. So as you know of needs of those that could benefit from the hygiene pantry, 
just let us know. Pastor at hopeforvermont.org. It's four F-O-R spelled out, Vermont spelled out as well. Pastor at hopeforvermont.org as we could assist you or those that you know that would benefit from the hygiene pantry or from the generosity of those who attend Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Just let us know. You can certainly give online. It is hopeforvermont.org, the Be Generous tab, 5793-Waterbury-Stowe Road, Waterbury Center, 05677. As many of you continue to mail checks to the Chapel Campus, we're just so grateful for that. And we do say happy Memorial Day. We remember and we honor. We think about those that have lost their lives, those within our congregation that have experienced this loss through the ultimate sacrifice as servicemen. And so I would suggest that we not say, God bless America, but instead let us say, God, use us to become a blessing to those who have lost so much. Let us not say, God bless America, but instead let us be used of and by him to become a blessing to those who have lost so much. As I had a meeting a few weeks ago with a gentleman that was part of the military, he just shared about so many that have died in combat and then have returned home and have taken their own lives. And so we want to remember them, honor them, but we want to make ourselves available for them uh, and their families this Memorial Day weekend, but not just this weekend, but all together. As it says in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Once more, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. As Dave and Bethany Club lead us in goodness of God, may we just reflect on God's goodness to us and be there for others that they might know his goodness for them. That will be followed up by Adam McCutcheon leading us in this morning's sermon. God is so good and he's so faithful all the time in every season, no matter what you're going through. He is good, and he deserves our praise and our worship. For some of you today, probably is a big sacrifice to lift your eyes to him and to sing this, because there's so much challenge and turmoil going on in your life. My friends, that's exactly when you need to lift your eyes, and when you need to raise your song of praise and declare the goodness of God. So join us. Let's declare the goodness of God together today. I love you, Lord. Sing it to Him. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I have been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake
Yes, sing it to him. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. I have Declare that truth today. Declare it. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, all, all my life you have been Good morning. Uh, it's good to be here at Living Hope. 
Fellowship in Vermont. Uh, today's scripture passage will be Judges 16, 23 through 30. Now the rulers of the Philistine, the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who has laid waste to our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there, and on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, please, God, strengthen me just once more, and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. This is God's word. I'm going to pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for my opportunity to preach today and for your word to be vocalized and ministered to people all over the place. And I ask that you would speak through whatever I do today, no matter how imperfect or ignorant it might be. Amen. When I was growing up, one of my favorite movies, actually not really one of my favorite movies, but I watched Finding Nemo. That's, it's, a, it's, it's an okay movie. Probably an unpopular opinion. If you've ever seen the movie, there's a fish named Dory that travels with the main character, Marlin. He's trying to find his son, Nemo, after he was scooped up by a fisherman at sea. Dory suffers from short-term memory loss, which makes Marlin's life very difficult. She constantly forgets who Marlin actually is, gets lost, and actually drags him into seemingly every unnecessary situation. They get dragged into situations with sharks, whales, and jellyfish. And all these situations are made increasingly difficult because of Dory's bad memory. She often does not remember where her home is or why she is where she is. We can see through Dory just how much remembering who we are forms how we live, what we live by, or who we are. Without our memory, we make the same mistakes over and over again and do not value what is most important in our lives. In our passage today, we see Samson have a very similar pattern to Dory. Forgetting who he was in relationship with God and ending up in bondage to the Philistines. Samson in the book of Judges is part of a greater scheme of judges, of multiple judges that God commissioned to lead 
a repentant Israel out of bondage from their enemies and into right relationship with him. The Israelites themselves needed these judges because they were caught up in a very similar pattern of forgetfulness to Dory. Throughout the book of Judges, as well as the rest of the Bible, you see the phrase, again, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. Again and again. They would do good for a while, but inevitably do evil and forget their God. The Israelites had a covenant with Yahweh where they would be his people and he would be their God. He would lead them and they would follow him. Yet they kept forgetting. This kind of relationship reminds me of Mr. Fredrickson and Doug from the movie Up. In the movie, Mr. Fredrickson, a love, or Doug, a lovable talking dog, meets Mr. Fredrickson and immediately claims him, saying, You are my master. From that point on in the movie, everywhere Mr. Fredrickson went, Doug went. And everything Mr. Fredrickson told Doug to do, he would do. There was nothing that would make Doug forget that he had claimed Mr. Fredrickson as his one and his only master, and he would never forget. In a very not-so-similar way, unlike Doug, the Israelites forget who their master is time after time. They continually fall into sin throughout the Bible and worship other gods. They ran far away from the one who brought Israel out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, out of the wilderness. It seems that only when they run so far away from God and experience the suffering that comes from not being with him, that they remember who the God was that actually saved them from Egypt, who had delivered them countless times from their enemies and had given them their strength. So when we see Samson come into the picture, we realize he is no different. He's blessed with the strength of Dwayne the Rock Johnson to begin the deliverance from the Philistines. Yet Samson breaks vow after vow that he made before God. The deal was that he would be set apart by God as a Nazarite through taking vows such as not touching dead animals, not drinking, not marrying people that aren't Israelites, and lastly, not cutting his hair. For Nazarites, these vows were taken to identify themselves with God. And Samson directly broke or had a major role in breaking them all. In today's passage, Samson has had both of his eyes gouged out, is doing manual labor that donkeys usually do, and is being paraded around by the Philistines to be laughed at and to entertain everyone at the Philistines' party. Just like, the, just like the Israelites forgot who the real God was, Samson failed to remember the God who gave him his strength in the first place and moved farther away from him, landing him in this hopeless situation of Judges chapter 16. Many of you have also reached a similar place as Samson. Many of you have lost jobs, lost friends, family members, or lost health. These and other circumstances like them can be extremely frustrating times. 
When all hope seems to be lost, it is easy to see through the lies we have told ourselves along the way. Maybe that a certain person in our lives would never leave, or that we would always have our youth. Maybe we would always have our hair, or that we'd be strong enough when a certain situation arose. Samson in his final moments more easily sees through these lies of who he is and who God is that he has set up for himself. With all hope that was once invested in himself gone, he turns back and remembers the God who was his original hope and strength. He humbles himself, remembering that his strength never came from himself and that it only ever came from God. In the end of our passage, Samson gets his strength back. He humbles himself and acknowledges God as the one true Lord. He acknowledges who the true source of his strength is. In his weakest moment, he is able to see the most clearly and remember where his strength truly comes from. The funny part about this, though, is that right along with his repentance is his imperfection. He says, do this for me so I can get revenge for my two eyes. He doesn't say, so I can help you do your work, O Lord, or so that I can help do what I was always made to do to free the Israelites from the Philistines. Even though he has humbled himself in one area, all he can think about is himself in another. Revenge is not a Christian value. Imagine asking God to empower you to beat someone up because they did something to you. Reminds me of when I was a kid and would pray for the other soccer team to lose so that I could win. But still, it is amazing how powerful this cry is for convincing God to give him his strength back one last time. This is another common pattern we see throughout the Bible. God uses imperfect humanity to accomplish his good. He uses Joseph's slavery to the Israelites to save the Israelites when famine comes. He uses Moses to free the Israelites even when he was so scared to do so. He uses Jeremiah even though he got depressed a lot. He even used an angry crowd to accomplish Jesus' work on the cross. We can see why God might do these things in his verse to Israel in 2 Chronicles 7 saying, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We can see here in this verse that God is eager to welcome his people back to himself, use them for his glory and to restore them. In Samson's story and with the Israelites, we can see God is not looking for someone who is perfect and has their life together. He's looking for someone that is willing to humble themselves before him and call him Lord. Samson's response was not perfect by any standard. But what was important is that he acknowledged the one true God as Lord. 
he remembered who was really on the throne, the source of his strength, and he repented, and the Lord heard him. Just as time and time again, the Lord hears the cry of the Israelites and their repentance and responds by delivering them from their oppressors. God chooses to show his strength in an imperfect Samson in his final moments and accomplishes more than Samson ever did by himself through his life because Samson put God back on the throne. Today, we do not have the strength of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but we have the gift of the cross. For this gift, the same virtue applies. Remember, if we believe in Christ, but forget what he has done for us and who he has been, we will forget the love of God and begin to rely on ourselves or other things that are not God to sustain us or fulfill our needs. When we take our eyes off the Lord and forget His supremacy and His infinite love, we will eventually reach the lowly place of hopelessness that Samson reaches in our passage today. We often put our hope in politics, our own opinions, the people around us. We get our emotional needs met by abusing things like food, good gifts like food, TV, or money. And the more we dive in and abuse these things, the more likely we are to forget that God was the one who gave us those great gifts in the first place. God understands our tendency to run and forget Him, and that is why He has sent His Son for us, so that the Holy Spirit might live inside of us and help us understand just what kind of God we serve. A God who loves us so much that He would send us His one and only Son to die for us on a cross so that we might never forget His great love for us and power in our lives. So that we can be a part of a people that would find their strength in remembering the testimony of the cross which forgave our sins and empowers us each and every day to be real and tangible love to the world. He's not expecting a perfect person. He wants someone that will take this testimony seriously and live their life by it and find strength in it. Placing our hope in Christ so that it might be His work in us in this world and not our own. Worshiping Him, taking Sabbath, and communing with each other, all for the sake of keeping at the forefront of our minds that Jesus is the one true Lord of all. We come to church and take part of the body of Christ so that we might always remember who God is and who we are so that when we reach our lowest points, we might find strength in the hope that never fails. One practical way we remember God is Lord of our lives. It's through gratitude. Samson had multiple opportunities to give thanks to God for his great gifts and his great victories, but he chose not to and ended up often abusing his power and breaking his vows. 
when we are grateful to, for the gifts that are given to us, we are much more likely to honor them. When we are grateful for our families, our health, our possessions, our friends, and other gifts, we learn to treat them according to the value that they have because we're constantly reminded of the value that they have. Another way we remember God's power in our lives is through Sabbath taking, intentionally interrupting our rhythms to reestablish God's rhythm in our lives so that it might be God that is in charge and that we would live by His strength and not our own. We worship God in community, glorifying Him, reminding ourselves who He is so that we never forget who is at the center, who needs to be at the center of our lives, so that it might not take a moment of crisis to force us to acknowledge, like Samson, that we do not have it all together, that we need God that when, so that when we go through tough times of doubting and struggle, our hope stands tall because we know that God has been faithful. God has provided. God has forgiven. God has healed. And God has blessed us with these testimonies in our lives to stand in and remember. Lastly, we need to be a part of the body of Christ. We need to share our testimony of who God has been in our lives and why He is worthy of being our God. We need to constantly engage with each other and those around us in the experiences we are having and display Christ to one another through our love. Loving others the way we have been loved. We are part of a church so that we might be encouraged, uplifted, and never forget that Jesus has loved you, does love you, and will always love you. We are empowered to ask tough questions, go through hard times, and handle anything that life throws at us when we remember the faithfulness of God. It was not so much in the end that Samson had a big moment of forgetfulness. He forgot over time. Life wears down on all of us eventually and makes it significantly harder to make the right decisions. Little decisions turn into big decisions and sooner or later, whatever you've put your hope in will show its fruits. For Samson, it left him surrounded by enemies with both of his eyes gouged out and without hope. For you, maybe you are alone. Maybe you do not feel you are lovable, good enough to have real relationships or friendships, or you have just lost your strength. I remember growing up, my mom always knew when I was upset. And she would always confront me. After every time we had a hard conversation, where I didn't believe myself or I felt down, she would look at me and say, I love you. And she would hold my gaze and just look into my eyes. And she would hold it and hold it. And I knew, I knew what those eyes meant. I knew that those eyes were saying, don't forget. Don't forget, I love you. 
I believe that is God's message for his people today. Do not forget. I am in charge and I love you. Always have and always will. When we really remember this and how it was shown to us on the cross, even when the darkest storms come, we can stand strong because we remember. We remember and trust in the hope that God loves us. God is in control. And he always will be. Don't forget. Thank you. I'm going to pray us out. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for your word today. And I ask that you'd minister to everyone here that listens in whatever way you would like. And I pray for the opportunity to speak your word. I thank you for it. Lord, we give you praise today and we love you. Amen.